we um, are afraid to share with others, Lord, you know those places. Um, Jesus, I pray that your spirit would be here. I pray that the words that John said would not fall on deaf ears, Lord. I pray that we would be a church, Lord, that believes that you are a powerful God and that the word is true that you've told us. Lord, um, give us faith to believe um, that you give each of us gifts that are good because you're a father who loves us. Be here in this space. In your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. We're continuing our series called Cultivate, and today we're talking about cultivating spiritual gifts. Uh, God is committed to work in this world. Even though the world is a broken place, it's a sinful place, God has not abandoned it. He is committed to bring his love and goodness and righteousness and mercy to expression in this broken world. And the way that he does it is he puts it on display through people, through this group of people that have had their sins forgiven and have been joined together around the work of Jesus and aren't necessarily good people on their own, but have been shown goodness by God. They're not necessarily righteous people on their own, but God has declared them righteous through what Jesus has done. They're not necessarily merciful people, but they've been shown mercy by God. Sometimes they're not even very loving people, but they've been shown God's love. And then these people become the very people that God uses to display his love and his righteousness and his goodness and his mercy in the world. And those people are called the church. The church. It's not a building. It's a group of people who have been redeemed by the work of Jesus and are now God's way of working in the world. But the problem is, us as the church, we don't bring anything to the table. We don't really have anything in us that God can use for this spiritual work. So God puts things in us that we might be useful to him. And these things that he puts in us are gifts, gifts of grace called spiritual gifts. And they're for you to use to serve others. You come into God's family kind of empty-handed, but God puts spiritual gifts in you that you might contribute to his family. You don't come to the table with anything, but he puts something in you. He gives you something in order to be able to give it away to others. When I first graduated college, I moved to Nashville and I got involved with the church, this church. And uh, the people I connected with in the church were all older than me and had kids. And they would invite me to these parties, and I would just sort of show up at the parties without anything to share. You know, it was a potluck, but I was this kid who had just graduated college, so I didn't know any better. So I would come empty-handed. Finally, I had to call my mom and be like, Mom, uh, I think I'm supposed to contribute something here. Um, what should I do? And that's when my mom introduced me to her recipe for Key West Key Lime Pie. And it wasn't very hard to make, and it sounds amazing, but it's actually pretty simple to make. And my mom gave me that recipe in order that I might be able to contribute something and give it away to others. And if you want that recipe, it's a secret. <laughs> but if my wife's out of town and you invite me over and say, bring a dessert, that's still what I'll make. Because <laughs> that's the only thing I know how to make. But just as my mom had given me something in order to give it away, so God gives us spiritual gifts in order to give it away to others. God puts giftings into you in order that you might help the church grow. You might help this movement of people who are here to display the love and goodness of God. You might help them grow up. So give your gift away. 
Give your gift away. We're going to talk today about cultivating spiritual gifts, and Jada's going to come forward and read for us from Romans chapter 12. Thank you, Pastor John. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, the grace given to us, we have as we have different gifts, if prophecy used according to the proportion of one's faith, if service use it in use it in service, if teaching in teaching, if exhorting in exhortion, give exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. Amen. Word of God. Thank you, brother. All right. God has put a spiritual gift into each of you. A spiritual gift is a passion or a talent or a skill that he is developing in you that's come to you through the power of the Holy Spirit in order to be able to contribute a skill or a gift or a talent into the mission of the church. And there are many different gifts, as Paul writes here in Romans 12. There's the gift of prophecy, which is speaking God's truth in the situations. There's, there's serving, which means you like being behind the scenes and helping get things accomplished. There's exhorting, which is giving strong encouragements. If, if you're a person who exhorts, you have the gift of exhorting, you're able to urge people towards God's goodness, and they respond. There's also the gift of giving. Whether you have a lot or you don't have a lot, you feel a call to be generous with what God has put in your hand. There's also the gift of leading, Wherever you go, there seems to be that people are following wherever you wherever you're going. And the gift of mercy. You see people in broken situations, and you have this feeling, this desire to bring God's goodness to restore that person in that situation. There are all sorts of gifts, and throughout the New Testament, Paul lists gifts several times. This is just one passage. But if you know Jesus, if your faith is in Christ, then you're part of God's people. And if you're part of God's people, that means the Holy Spirit lives in you. And if the Holy Spirit lives in you, it means you have a gift. God has put a spiritual gift in you to contribute to the body. Look how Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to jump around a little bit. Now, there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Every follower of Jesus has a gift because God puts a gift in every follower of Jesus. And he is committed to put that gift in you because he wants you to contribute to his family. He wants you to bring something to the table. He wants you to be a part of the functioning of the body of Christ. And it's not for you. What's it say? It's for the common good. In other words, this gift is to be given away that you might build up the church in Christ's body. 
Sometimes people say uh, that pastors are ministers, and that's true. Sometimes people call me minister, and, and that's true. But the way the New Testament looks at it is that every person is a minister. Every person has been gifted with a spiritual gift and called by God to do ministry. And you each have a unique way that you're made to do that, and you each have a unique gift in you that the Holy Spirit has given you to do ministry. And my role is actually not to do all the ministry. Sometimes churches think that, that like we pay the pastor to do all the ministry. My job as a pastor is actually to equip you and help you find that gift and train you up that you might do the ministry. Look how Paul writes about it in Ephesians 4. And Jesus himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now those are like the ordained offices in the New Testament church. Equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Now, when he writes saints there, he's not talking about Mother Teresa. He's talking about all of you who have been set apart by God. You've been called, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and you've been set apart for works of ministry. In other words, you are the ministers. You're called to the ministry of the gospel. Why? To build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing in the maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. In other words, we are to cultivate each other's spiritual gifts. And as we do that, the body of Christ, the church, matures and grows in order that together we might put Jesus on display for a watching world. We believe in every member ministry because every member has a gift in them that God has given them for the benefit of the church. And as you use that gift, it matures the church. It grows us up in order that we might put Jesus on display in our city. So if every member has a gift, it means that it's not about small gifts or big gifts because no, no gift is too big and no gift is too small. It's rather about the interconnectedness of us. We need all the gifts. We need all the gifts. If we're going to grow up into the image of Christ and display Jesus in this world. See, some people think, well, I'm sort of a behind-the-scenes person, so my gift does not matter as much. And that's absolutely not true. Because if you're a behind-the-scenes person, it probably means that you have the spiritual gift of serving. And if we have no servants, then we're not able to put the servant heart of Jesus on display. Every gift matters. We need every gift because every gift is interconnected. So much so that Paul uses the image of a body in order to talk about all of our different gifts. Now in a body, which part or which organ is the most important? Well, they're all important. You take one part away and the body does not function properly. You take a couple toes away, you can't walk. You take your stomach away, you can't live. You take an ear away and you're not able to hear. Every part functions differently, but every part is needed in order for the body to function and mature properly. So your sense of importance isn't measured by what gift you have. Your sense of importance is measured by the fact that you have a gift that God has given you in order to contribute it to the growth of the church. Look what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. 
In other words, if the ear says I'm not important, it doesn't matter. It still is important. It doesn't matter what you think about your own gift. We need your gift. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? And then verse 18, but as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. Let me let that sink in. God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Everything is interconnected. And your gift is desperately needed. Do you have a sense that God has put something in you that he specifically wants to use in the church? Because he has. He has put something in you, a gifting in you, that he wants you to use in order to contribute to the growing up of his church and the movement of the gospel in the world. Every gift is needed. And you need everyone else's gifts. See, the flip side of the coin is that we often think that our gifting is like the most important gifting. You know, the ear is important, but the eyes are really important. The eyes are really important, but the heart is super, super important. And what Paul's telling us here is, no, it's all interconnected. You can't function properly without all the other gifts. Every gift is needed, and you need everyone else's gifts. When I was in high school, I was a lot more physically fit than I am now. And uh, I played basketball, I lifted weights, I ran, I was in pretty good shape. I had, very, I had strong legs because I was running up and down the basketball court all the time. And uh, something strange happened. I started to get dizzy when I would stand up. And one time I got out of bed and I just like, went right into the wall because I wasn't able to get my sense of balance. And it was confusing because I was very in shape, my legs were strong, uh, but I couldn't stand up. We went to the doctor and found out that one of my ear canals was just, just slightly smaller than the other one. And for that reason, those little millimeters of my ear canal being different than the other one, I was not able to have a sense of balance. I was not able to have a sense of balance. And it baffled me. I'm strong. I, I, I have good balance normally, but because something is off just a little bit and everything's interconnected, I can't stand. Now, we were able to get that fixed, and, uh, and I was able to eventually walk, of course. But the point is, is that everything's interconnected. My legs could not help me stand without my ear canal. Everything is interconnected. And while the world tempts us to put a hierarchy of gifts and give honor to certain gifts and less honor to other gifts, it's so different in the church. God tells us to actually look at the gifts that the world would say are less honorable and make sure that those gifts are especially honored. Look at what Paul writes in verse 22. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. When Paul is writing this 
um, there, was, there was a very classified society. Two of the groups of people were called plebeians and patricians. And plebeians were on the lower end of society and patricians were on the higher end of society. And sometimes those classes would cause, would have strife between one another. And so city officials, government officials would have to get involved. And what they said is, plebeians defer to the patricians because they are more important. Honor them, submit to them. They're more important and so we need you to come under them. Look at the body of Christ. Look what Paul writes here about how God tells us to act. That we would honor those who have less honor according to the world's eyes. That we would go out of our way to make sure people who are just coming into their spiritual gifts or they don't feel they have a spiritual gift or they don't feel their spiritual gifts important, we would go out of our way to honor one another. So that the honor doesn't go up, the honor goes down. Because that's how God sees it. In verse 24, Paul writes, instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. There's no classification system around spiritual gifts because we're all interconnected. And we show that by making sure that gifts that the world would think are less honorable receive double honor. God works so differently because God knows that we're all interconnected. Our culture holds up individualism as a value, but God says, no, you need one another. If you go and watch an orchestra, what is the most important part of the orchestra? Well, every part's important. If you don't have the, the, the flute, you don't have a great beginning to the song or the piece. If, if you don't have the bass, you don't have that lower rhythm. If you don't have the cymbals, you don't have a high point of the song. Every piece of the orchestra is important. Every piece is important. It's all interconnected. So a couple of implications for us. First, Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christianity is not a spectator sport. God has given you a gift to use for the benefit of everyone else. So let me encourage you to get off the bench and use that gift. It's part of following Jesus, right? If you go to a potluck and you brought something, you brought a dish, you wouldn't leave it in your car when you went into the party. You would show up with your gift and you would bring it in. It's the same way in church. You show up, you have a gift, find some place to use it. Find some place to put it to work because it's part of following Jesus. Give away what God has given you. Secondly, you need people who are not like you. You need people who are not like you. Now, it's great to have people who are like you in your life. It's great to have people who are from your culture or from your life stage because there's just this, uh, there's just this congruency that happens, right? You get me. You're like me. But what the Bible says is just as important is to be around people who are not like you because you need them especially in the body of Christ, people who are gifted in different ways, people who see things in different ways, people who are from different cultural backgrounds or different places in society. You need them. 
In fact, earlier Paul talks about how there are different ethnicities and different classes, and they all have an equal part of the body, and they're all needed. It's one of the things I worry about with Facebook. Facebook's becoming like an echo chamber where you can kind of think everyone agrees with you, right? We really need to be around each other when we're different than each other. We really need each other's perspective. It's not just something nice to say. It's how God has designed the church to function. We need relationships. Next, there's no superstars in the church. There's no superstars in the church. One of my friends says, you're unique like everybody else. <laughs> you're unique like everybody else. And there's this tendency when our, when our pride gets involved to say, I'm more important because... I'm more important because I do this. I'm more important because I have this talent. We will always fall back into that, but we have to remind ourselves there's no superstars in the church. You're unique like everybody else. Lee Eklov talked about an article in the Chicago Tribune where the violinists from an orchestra were suing the orchestra because they wanted to get paid more. They wanted a pay raise. And the reason for wanting a pay raise was they counted all the notes in each score, and they realized that they played more notes than everybody else. So we play more notes, we're more important, we're really the stars, we deserve more pay. And everything begins to break down, right? You will find some reason to think that your gift is more important than others. But let me encourage you, don't count notes. Realize that everyone is needed in the church. We're all interconnected. There are no superstars. There are just people that God has given a gift to in order to serve other people. Lastly, fully alive living. Fully alive living is portrayed in our culture as being an individual, as getting to live life exactly like you want it on your terms. But what does God portray it in this passage? Fully alive living is being connected. It's serving others. It's giving your life away to other people. It's not losing your individuality, but it's being an individual who's committed to a family. Look how Paul wraps this up. He says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Individual member. You're yourself, but you're connected and you're part of something. Fully alive living isn't getting to do everything you want when you want to do it. It's being connected to the place where God brings life. His body, the church. Fully alive living is being part of the body of Christ and using your gift for the benefit of others. Well, how do you find that gift that God has given you? How do you find that in you? Well, first of all, you do it in community. You can't find your spiritual gift to serve the community if you're not in community. At this time that I talked about with that church I was involved in, I had saved up my money all summer. And right after I graduated college, I took a train trip around the United States on Amtrak, just by myself. And it was awesome. I got to see the United States. I got to sort of be me, celebrate graduating college, and it was great. But I didn't really learn anything about myself. You know when I learned what I was good at and what I was gifted as? Is when I got plugged in that, with that group of people. And I began to try different things. And though they were older than, than me, they guided me and shaped me. And I began to see, oh, I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. Actually found myself, not on that train trip around the United States, but being connected and committed to other people. 
So you find your spiritual gift as you're just in community. You try different things. You, you see what people say. You, you learn what you're passionate about. What are you passionate about? What stirs you up as you're involved in community? You see a need and you go, I've got to do something there, and I can. I'm passionate about it. You can also ask, where are you needed? Where are you needed? There's might be a hole that you're able to fill. And you might not be like, you might be like, you know, I'm not the best person to fill that, but you might be the best person to fill that in that current context. Where are you needed? You might be the most gifted person to serve. But then lastly, where are you celebrated? Where are you celebrated? When you serve, where do other people go, man, that blessed me when you did that? For, as an example, Danielle, with our kids, right there, right now, my girls are gonna come out of that classroom and they're gonna be talking about Jesus, they're gonna have learned something from the Bible, and they're gonna be excited. For years now, Danielle has been pouring into our kids, and we celebrate that. She's gifted by God to teach our children about the Bible. And none of us go, uh, she, she, she's in the wrong spot. She's obviously gifted to be there, and we celebrate that. We celebrate that. So where are you celebrated? Where are you celebrated? See, it's in community that we really find out how God has gifted us. Because oftentimes we are, we can sort of have a wrong assessment of our gifts. Like we can think we're bad in an area, we're actually good, or we can think we're good in an area and we're actually bad. So there's a reason why the worship team has never asked me to sing along with them. I'm not, amen, I'm not, I'm not gifted in that area. I, I knew a lady for a little while who, um, she told me that she was gifted by God to sort of be this roaming teacher. And really, this was a, a wrong assessment of her gifts because basically she would go around and just point out things that were wrong with other people. Like she had the spiritual gift of complaining, okay? That's not a spiritual gift. But she wasn't open to any feedback. She wasn't open to any feedback to just say, hey, listen, you're not really blessing people with this perceived spiritual gift. You're not being celebrated. It's because it's not a spiritual gift. But she wasn't open to experiencing that in community. She just kind of wanted to pop in, give a critique, and then pop out and say, God has gifted me to tell you this. And guess what? <laughs> no one was celebrating what she was doing. So it's important that we develop and cultivate these gifts in community. Every one of you has a gift. Every one of you has been blessed by the Holy Spirit. Where are you? What are you passionate about? Where are you needed, and where are you celebrated? Frederick, Frederick Buechner says, the place God calls you is the place where the, your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Find your spiritual gift by just starting to serve. And that's how you actually cultivate a spiritual gift. Look what Paul says in Romans, the passage that Injada read. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, what are the next two words? Use it. According to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in, the, in service. If teaching and teaching, if exhorting and exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. How do you cultivate a spiritual gift? You use it. You just put it to work. You start operating in that gift and you start using it to serve other people. It's not rocket science. It's just how God made things to work. 
If he's given you a gift, open that gift and give it away to other people. Cultivate that gift. Don't sit on it. God has put gifting into you in order that you might partake in growing up his people. So grow his people by using your gift. Use it. And as we all function together, the church grows up and we get to be a display of Jesus in this world. We get to put God's love and God's goodness and God's forgiveness on display. I heard a story recently about um, a city where, this happened just a few weeks ago, where the, the temperature dropped into the teens and then into single digits. And the homeless shelters were gonna get booked. So a church said, you know what, we can do a pop-up homeless shelter where when the, the homeless shelters overflow, we can tell them to bring 50 people to our church. And the church got really excited about it. Yes, we're gonna do something together. We're gonna use our gifts and we're gonna put God's love on display in our city. And then two hours before the shelter was supposed to open at the church, no one was there. No one showed up. No one using their gifts. And so the people who were running the shelter said, we gotta get someone here. And so they, they had to reach out in the community, outside the church, to come and staff the church's homeless shelter because people weren't using their gifts. And that first night was a little rough. But then the church got it. The church got it. And over the weekend, the next night, the church showed up and showed up again. And they were able to host a three-day homeless shelter because they said, we've got to use our gifts. We've got to put some skin in the game. We've got to be part of this. And it was revolutionary once they did. It was revolutionary. One homeless man wrote a letter and said, I don't have any friends. You're now my friends. People were taking pictures and posting things on Facebook. And one man on, on Monday morning as the homeless shelter was closing, he looked, he looked around, he was from the church and he was serving. He looked around, he saw one homeless man whose shoes were falling apart. And he said, my shoes are not falling apart. I have a gift here given to me by God. I can give it away for his good. And he took his shoes off and he gave it to that homeless man and he walked out into the snow and went home. Gave his gift away and put Jesus' love on display. And people saw and they began posting about it. Put that Facebook post up, Carol, please. One woman wrote, and he took the shoes right off his feet and gave them to the man and left without shoes. Someone had a gift of generosity and they put it to work and Jesus' love was on display. And this woman kept posting about what was happening at the homeless shelter and it, it caught wind to her friends who weren't even helping at the homeless shelter. And one woman who wasn't at the homeless shelter, she just saw everything that was going on, wrote this, you all have restored my faith in the church. See, when people use their gifts, it puts the love of Jesus on display and it makes a difference in our world and people see. God has given you a gift that you might use it for the benefit of others. So use your gift. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you have generously given gifts to us. We ask that you would help us to put them to work in order that we might grow your body. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have filled us, that you're present with us. And we ask that you would help our church to be one that cultivates spiritual gifts. And all God's people said, amen. Would you stand with me now as we sing?